Welcome to the Batir We Go podcast, coming at you from the Batir We Go studios. Today, we've got the Robinsons, we've got the Batirs, we've got the adventures of the Batir and Robinsons. Which is actually, it's one of my favorite hashtags we use, but it's so freaking long. It's too you know, long. You know why we started that hashtag? And I... <laughs> Well, no. I had to cough, and Joe started talking. You know, I've been trying to hold it in. It wasn't because you felt bad that you didn't have a hashtag or something. You know why we came up with that hashtag was weddings. Well, kind of weddings and stuff, but I thought it sounds a lot like the Adventures Batman of and Batman and Robin. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought that's. I thought. I thought we all knew that. We're all on that same I mean, page. Maybe we are. Yeah. But I thought it was great marketing and great branding. For the Batir and Robinson well, brand. And what I was going to say is that, because I have to come up with hashtags for work every so often. And, and I would you just say, always look back at that and like, ah, oh, No, I always look so back and great. say that it's too Do you long. ever actually click on a hashtag in a tweet just to see what? Yeah, I do. Oh, but okay. I but I Sometimes. assess I assess ads differently because I'm a writer. So like I, like I, me looking at ads is me doing research for my own uh, field of work. So now I will say I click on at on the hashtags to see which hashtags I should include in oh. my LinkedIn posts mm. to get more spread and more mm. more visibility. Speaking of that, I I guess I should just jump in with the the sponsor of this week. The sponsor of this week's episode is Bison Drilling and Field Services. I, I want to add from a advertising standpoint, you, uh, I want to add a disclaimer of we cannot legally say that they've sponsored this. So, Oh, good. I did that the first time, and I'm glad I did. They are not legal sponsors. This is a bit. Did yes, he actually had to say that? I mean, if, I, if I'm going to be on this podcast, <laughs> so I'm going to say know, it. If you don't know what a bit is, it is I get a lot of hats, and what we do I feel like talking about them, and so I'm going to start talking about them going through my hat collection. Well, this is just something I would have raised a hand at during a meeting with a client if they said we want to say this. This is why Haley's not considered a fun employee. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to actually sponsor the show, you can send me a hat and say this is for your podcast, and then I can call you an official sponsor of that single episode. Mm. That's the contract written in stone and by stone i mean verbal word on this <laughs> podcast but bison drilling and field services i got their hat at a happy hour that was associated with a conference and that was part of the swag that they were giving out which to me is like that was their marketing yeah sponsoring a happy hour and giving away hats and shirts and other stuff that nobody will ever use and i figured what better way to talk about whether hats are good marketing material or not than to have two marketers on the show that being haley and neil robinson Mm, just guys little, welcome woo-woo. to the show we're excited to be back um glad to be back just wanted to give the listeners a quick back a background um neil and i my husband i'm Haley. uh we met working at an advertising agency and then we left that advertising agency got married then started working at a different advertising agency together so we have a nice marital bond through the marketing world so marketing isn't all bad i mean Who says i don't bad? think it is there's uh, two schools of did thought. you not watch tick tick boom <laughs> 
Have I did. you not no, seen? I Mad missed Men? the beginning. Half the movie is about how terrible and soul sucking advertising is. I think we've it's okay. There are two lines of thought with advertising, and the, Ooh, let's hear both. So it's there's one is that advertising is a mirror reflecting back to society, and then one is that it is a crafter of society. People who typically distrust advertising or don't like advertising, I, I side note, I think it is fair to distrust advertising, but there are people who are like, oh, I hate ads. You know, they're terrible for culture. They probably fall into the, the camp of thinking that, well, ads craft, they're the creators of all like the negative, you know, things in society. I personally come from a, I'm on the side of where advertising and marketing is a reflection of society. Um like it's not that we create cultural movements at least not nowadays i would say it's mostly reflecting what's around now like take the famous i'd like to buy the world a coke ad on the hilltop it's called the hilltop that's not like coca-cola did not invent the hippie movement it was reflecting the culture that was was already around them so i would say you know so there's also so that's two schools of thought for the benefits or, you know, is it good or is it bad? There's also two schools of thought with consumers, and that's that consumers are dumb, but the consumers are educated. Dumb I, consumers. I went into the average, I left school, I left my ivory tower at school thinking that consumers were educated and can make wise decisions, and they should be, <laughs> and they should be, they should be able to determine on their own if they should trust an ad or not. And now, after almost 10 years in the industry, I uh, have swapped. I now believe that consumers are dumb and that advertisers have a greater responsibility to provide more accurate information now hold on hold on i remember way 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 back probably five years ago you were saying that consumers are very very smart in the sense that they can sniff out an ad pretty clearly Mm -hmm. so that's not true so the biggest problem with being able to make a good ad is to fool the consumer into them not knowing that they're actually reading an ad. I don't know. I think that, well, Neil, you look like you want to say something. Are we we talking about what makes a good ad? No, I think it's talking about more the, I would say that. I would say the goal, like what what I think about when I'm doing my job from time to time is that I am doing the best when I put information in front of someone who would find that information useful. Yeah. Can you give some context for what you do? So as Haley mentioned earlier, we met working at an advertising agency. We both work in marketing slash advertising and I work specifically in digital media and digital media. There's so many different areas when you just think you know about all the ways that you access um the internet content across the web from you know your phone computers videos podcasts like this uh, or just surfing the web it's a huge scope um but really i've been fortunate enough to kind of work in all kind of aspects of that to essentially in digital media we're reaching consumers across the kind of web-based platforms so with that you know there's a lot of data 
that's involved with oh, digital. No, data. There's a lot of data involved with digital marketing. You know, compared to say a radio ad or a TV ad, there's much more limit in terms of understanding who is accessing those. You know, what information do we have on those people who are you know seeing and taking in our advertisements versus in a digital space? There's a lot of data attached to a user based on their activity on the web. Um, and because of that, it gives advertisers the ability to be very specific with who they're showing ads to, or at least, you know, not in the sense of I'm showing this ad to John Smith, but I'm showing this ad to, you know, not XYZ identity, but a person who has these interests or has taken these actions in the past. And knowing that that is the realm in which I'm working in, I have the ability to be specific and provide information that would hopefully be useful to someone who would find it useful. And if I'm doing a poor job, then that's when I am knowingly taking, you know, our brands and products and information that we want to push and pushing it to people who would not find it beneficial. And when I'm doing that, then, you know, well, quite often the results will show themselves in terms of the performance in terms of, you know, sales and performance of your ad campaigns. But um, I lost my train of thought. Well, I think what this was, uh, we were talking, because Joe was asking, like, so with consumers being quote unquote, I don't like, I mean, I said the word dumb. It's more of like, you can't give consumers as, an, as much credit as I thought that I could give them. And so Joe asked, okay, so is the goal to make ads, um, it's to trick people into not thinking that they're ads. But I think that what what you're saying and what I want to say, if you don't mind, is that I personally, I I think that for the last maybe 10 years, there's definitely been, and I say that, that's like my entire career, but um, you're always going to have your your bigger brands that want to create something really entertaining. And when I went to portfolio, advertising portfolio school, like that was kind of like the thing, the dream. Like make these really cool like they're they're you wanted to make ads that were useful or entertaining like you know when um, you know Coca Cola usually does these what we call like flagship ads every maybe holiday and they're like mini movies and they're really beautiful and they're really pretty and they're entertaining and it ends with like Coca Cola and like that's great and I'm not gonna say we don't need those but for me personally I don't really think we need to to worry about tricking people into looking at an ad I would rather people know that it's an ad and then provide them like Neil said with information that is useful you know and actually helpful um, to make that decision and I think that for me that shift happened when in maybe in the middle of my career where there was a hard shift to almost completely online advertising like in my early career I wrote a lot of radio ads I was doing some video production script writing and things like that um, but now almost, well, now Neil and I both work at, at separate e-commerce companies. Um, so all of my stuff is online and online for the most part, like other than maybe like YouTube ads that are like commercials, um, it's more targeted. You have a, tar- you usually have an audience that knows what, like that, you know, is going to be interested. And so instead of trying to like, you still have to combat with the other brands out there, but you really need to hook them with information that matters. So I don't so I don't want someone to be tricked in the sense of that oh they didn't know this wasn't an ad like 
I don't really care if they know it's an ad or not. And but I just I just want it to be information that's passed to them that's useful and relevant to them and not have a mismatch where, you know, I am advertising certain, you know, key points to someone who is just who doesn't care about who doesn't those. care about it. Yeah. Well, like, for instance, if I'm listening to uh, Spotify because I don't pay for the the free one. Or I don't. I only use it. I don't pay for the non ads. I absolutely hate it. I really hate it when I'm listening and it's like it's like not like a great song, but you know that this is a song that's all. It was an it's an ad, and they're trying to make it sound like a cool song, and that was cool like a couple years ago when people did it for the first time. But now when every ad is like a fake song about you know Frosted Flakes, I'm over it. Yeah. I also yep. feel the same way about Black Friday stuff when I see people are oh, like, yeah. Black Friday deals, and you're like, great. And then you go, and there's actually nothing about It's just like they're trying it's to just website. they're just trying to sneak in there and get your attention and not actually give you anything that's helpful. Yeah. You know, let's talk about Black Friday. Neil, you've been working a lot this, this past, I guess, few Two days. Two days, yeah. Since, since Thanksgiving. Yeah. You got here. And you've just been on your computer. That's like, an overstatement, <laughs> for sure. I'm yeah. I'm exaggerating, but being in the sales portion of the ads, ads, and what you called it, the Turkey Five. Turkey Five, the the company that I work for, and I think there's other ones that do it as well, but they refer to this holiday sales time frame from. Thanksgiving to Cyber Monday as Turkey Five, those five days. Well, actually, I mean, I think to get there's it actually starts with Thanksgiving, and then we go to Friday, Black Friday, and then so the Saturday is actually well, it's supposed it, to be it's Small Business, business Saturday, Saturday. Oh. yeah, yep. and then Sunday, Sunday's the day of rest. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure advertising never rests. <laughs> I'm not sure what if Sunday has something, but I know that sometimes you'll refer to the Saturday and the Sunday as just Cyber Weekend, and then we go into Cyber Monday, and then and we then, end it all with Giving Tuesday, mm-hmm. where that's almost like the day of rest. It's like you have consumed, now consumed, you get to consumed. Give yourself some. Drinks now you can and you can give after you off. spend give back. all your money. If you have any sort of pittance left, you can. Throw we a should dog start with Giving Wednesday and then yeah. end with Cyber Monday. I do think we should start with Giving, but whatever. Yeah, we should. Could be a cool trend to start. Yeah. So I don't know what my question was, but I guess. Why have I been working? No, no, that wasn't <laughs> the question. I think when I remember back in high school was my first Black Friday, going and standing in line at Best Buy to get a computer. And over the years, I have realized I don't need anything. So there's that side of it on why I don't go. But I think there's also the side of it that because of the the onslaught of e-commerce and the ability to buy really whatever you need online, there hasn't been that need to go to the store. So I think part of it is what... Like, is there even a difference now between the sales that really this year I saw sales starting on Monday going all the way through to Cyber Monday when before it was like, okay, Black Friday, you're in the store. The weekend is just kind of ho-hum if there's some other places you want to go and get some, some decent deals. But then Cyber Monday is like when you go online and get 
other teams. Yeah, yeah. I think with any good thing, people try and make more of it. I think of like the National Football League. Like they're always talking of all like... I think of the Rocky movies. Or No. <laughs> you know, but like like uh, if you're a sports fan and you're familiar with football, you know, the season's a 16-game season. Um, but they're always talking like maybe we can make it a 17 game season or 18 game let's, season. Yeah. Let's push it longer just because, they you know, get more money. Just get more like money. It. Exactly. It's the same thing yeah. with like how you take something like Black Friday and now then you get, you know, a Cyber Monday after it. And now you'll see Black Friday sales. They start on Thanksgiving and now they're starting on the Monday before Thanksgiving, you know, five days before, you know, Black Friday. I think they're just trying to make more of what is a a good thing. And when I say good thing specifically for you know retailers, <laughs> retailers, it's yeah, it's, it's revenue, it's bottom line, it's profit. And um, so I mean, I think they're gonna I think for the most. Well, I think for a while there, they were trying to push it as uh, as much as they could. Um, but there's actually been you know some backlash we've seen in the last few years of especially when we talk about brick and mortar and stuff of, mm-hmm. you know, employees saying like, you know, Hey, when it comes to Thanksgiving, I want my Thanksgiving, exactly. Like you're trying to take black Friday and push it into Thursday and start. Yeah. Now we're hashtag opting outside. Well, but what I think there are benefits though, to what you were talking, you mentioned the e-commerce kind of explosion. I don't remember the exact statistics, but over COVID e-commerce, like online marketplace and like sales and stuff skyrocketed because people are at home. Um, and I think that really has fundamentally changed kind of the landscape. Um, and so, yeah, sure, maybe we're having sales more, but look at Target. Target announced that they are going to close their stores all day Thursday to let their people go home for Thanksgiving. And they're going to do that from now on. And so they don't, they no longer need to, you know, I mean, you could argue they never did, but they no longer need to rely on keeping it open on Thanksgiving and making their employees come on a day that should be a holiday. Um, now, I don't know if they pay them for it because maybe these people, you know, who knows? Maybe some people want it to work Thanksgiving. But um, I think that there can be positives to having more days of sales. You could look at it as like, oh, it's just consumerism and materialism. But what about people who they can't go on Friday? Or, you know, I'm a child of the 90s. I remember watching on TV when the Tickle Me Elmo came out and there were, you know, people breaking arms and legs just to grab this toy. You don't have that really anymore. There aren't a whole lot of fights um, you know, that I see and because things are more strung out and because there's well, more days, you have the, more supplies. Is this because the, the deals suck? The, well, <laughs> I mean, this year the deals suck. We're, we're going to get real here. I mean, Let's stop suck. talking about the, the... The 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 battles are still happening. They're just different. Mm. So in 1995... Now people are getting DDoSed no, no, so the, that way they can't get online. The the battle, if if you're looking at it in 1995 would be a suburban soccer mom fighting over a toy in their local mall or Walmart. The Cabbage Patch Kids. The Cabbage Patch Kids, the yeah. Tickle Me Elmo, the, the Turbo Mans. Um, the Furbies. Mm. Oh, I had a Furby. It was terrifying. I um, never had one because yeah. I couldn't get one. Oh, you didn't want one. But exa- like that's a, that's physical. There's a physical aspect of that. But now in the online realm, mm. it's... You're talking about shoes, aren't you? Well, I'm, I mean, shoes is, is a good example, but it, it's lots of things. It's... It's hey, we're gonna have a drop of this this product, this deal, whatever it is, at nine a.m. and and the website gets crashed because well, too many people. It becomes coming. a you know you have, I mean, I think there's people that you know they use like bots to kind of like go in there and mm. speed up the process and you know 
capture products. And I think there's obviously then the people who are just, you know, trying to do it themselves and they're just setting timers and they have everything they need ready in terms of like, you know, they have their account ready, they have their credit card listed into it. So when that time drops, they can add the product and try and complete the car as soon as possible. But it's, it's like this, this almost like battle of technology to grab a product. And then once it's that time has passed and it's gone, then I think you're seeing a secondary battle and kind of like a resale the market. Re- yeah. mm. Exactly. And like resale markets. But is that Black Friday specific or is that just in general e-com? Well, I mean, those type of things happen around. But a, I think it's the same idea yeah. of like scarcity mm. and saying, oh, at Black Friday, it's 60, 70 percent off is what they're advertising. So you get something at a really great deal. Whereas this getting a drop of a product I mean, is a very specific th- but there's all there's all scarcity involved like black yeah. friday there's there is scarcity in the sense of because this is such a big deal they may run out of stock they may run out of your size which is why quickly a lot of companies were having sales earlier in the hopes that you, especially online ones in the hopes that you would be able to put an order in and they can get it shipped to you because of the concerns whether or not they're real you know that, that they're warranted i mean of like you get like the struggle with online businesses is that there's a fulfillment part where you still after the orders in place like at a target if i walk into target and i buy something i have my order fulfilled automatically at the checkout right but online you still have to ship it and it has to arrive and it has to be a good experience and so that's where i think it gets problematic for online companies during a season like this because just because you made the sale online, like the journey is not over. You still have to like follow through on getting that package to that person. A little bit of a tangent here. What does Black Friday mean? Why is it Black I Friday? Be- I believe it is referred to as Black Friday because it is that. Historically. I think historically it's that time where in like a retail business, you are going from red to black in terms of negative profitability to profitability where you're coming into Q4, you're coming into October, November, December, holiday, Christmas shopping season. And a majority of your sales for the year may come over that three month period. But yeah, so it's, it's that turning from, uh, you know, going into profit for the year. That just sounds real stressful (laughs) working in the negative all year until the last <laughs> well, I month. Mean, you have to remember this is historically. This is like, you know, back in the day. And like different industries are different. So like an industry, you know, I'm, I'm probably toy companies. Mm. They probably make a majority of their sales. In Christmas time. From like probably September to December. Where, you know, a company that sells Nobody. bathing suits is going to make a majority of their sales yeah. like March through July yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone has kind of high and low seasons. Man, being a toy toy seller would be heck stressful. Obviously, this is a, a very busy time of year. But don't you guys also, or at least one of your other companies, had like a vacation blockout, blackout season in like June or something? Yeah. The company that Neil and I worked at together more recently, um, they would take off a week in June just to make up for how crazy the holiday. Sorry, July. 
um, just to make up for how crazy the holiday season was. It was usually around July 4th. So like, you know, you already usually get a day off for the 4th of July. So they'd kind of give you more days. But I thought there was a, a you're, you're period ref- where you were not allowed you're, to take vacation. You're referencing. Oh. So you're referencing at the, the previous company where Haley and I worked at, there was a client in which we had. It was a lot of our business. It was a lot of the, the agency's business and that company's uh, end of their fiscal year would be in June. So there'd be a lot of things going on to wrap up their years and start their new years for that for that client. So it wasn't a matter in terms of from like a consumer perspective of like June was very busy for them. It was more so like getting their business needs done during that month was you know of utmost importance yeah so there'd be a freeze on us taking pto obviously like i remember we had a coworker who i think well we had several throughout the years that they got married and it just so happened to be in june well it's not like they weren't allowed to get married so like you know it wasn't like we were chained to our desks but it was a definitely a block in june june was always very stressful <laughs> so that was that was work that was because of your client that was not a yeah. busy season no, per se our, well, for advertising for uh yeah no it was for mostly for anyone else who had that client so like because it was the end of their fiscal year a lot of times their different departments would have extra money to spend and they would usually do it on short-term projects that would all happen in june so it was very Mm. busy for us i've done more i've worked more late nights in a june than than yeah it's the opposite for me now is being that it is you know black friday cyber monday sales time it's you know the the ask was you know obviously um, you know, this is the most important kind of sales period of the year for us. And this is gonna, it, it will kind of, you know, make or break our fourth quarter for us. Um, and because of that, you know, they've asked that, um, you know, understanding there's certain upsec- exceptions, but you know, for everyone to be available, all hands on deck over this time period to kind of help, you know, accomplish the goals that we've set for us. But at the same time, there is also the understanding of, you know, or that appreciation of you've worked really hard during this. We want to make sure that, you know, we can give back and you can take time, you know, in the coming months to get the rest and relaxation and the kind of reward that you deserve. I do want to set the record straight, though, just for listeners. I, as as we have said, I also work in advertising. I am a copywriter, so I write copy. Copy is any word on an ad. It is not law. It's not like copywriting law. It's writing ads. Um, but Black Friday is still busy for it, it's still a busy time for me. And Neil's company is just a little different because they're bigger and they have way more brands. It is very possible that there are people. I mean, I know for a fact there were people on my you know in my company that have been working the same kind of hours that Neil has because they're at a different point in the marketing process. For me, I wrote all the my black ad like my Black Friday ads like either earlier this week or last week in preparation for this. And because I have written them and there have been no changes, like that is why I'm not working right now because Neil works on the media, the back end side. And I, all of the creative I'm on the creative team has to be developed in advance. So that's the only reason why I didn't, you know, so it's to. not because you're a slacker. No. That's what you're trying exactly. to tell everybody. No, it's not. We had a very, we actually, my company, we helped launch a website this week <laughs> in time for Black Friday. So that was a lot <laughs> to do. This does remind me back, some of the stories that Allie has told me when you guys were modeling, <laughs> you and her, <laughs> she would tell me about some of the, some of the modeling. Well, it 
because it's because you're modeling clothes that are going to eventually be sold in you a, have to in a different season yeah you have mm. to wear the clothes pre-season oh yeah so that it can get out there yeah we modeled was, coats in the summer once it was awful yeah so you're always thinking about oh how cold it is how how cold i am when it's 100 degrees outside yeah like on a good on a good day or like a on a client that maybe we have a lot of maybe we've been working with a long time when we would plan things for like several seasons in advance if not a year in advance on like smaller projects or maybe clients that we've just onboarded then it's uh it's a little bit faster of a turnaround so but yeah everything's kind of advanced so we kind of live our lives a, a, a bit of ahead so like when everyone else is like swimming i'm thinking about okay well what's let's do back to school ads and when everyone else is like you know it's january we're thinking about you know spring cleaning or Whatever, just one step ahead. We're always one step ahead as we manipulate you to buy yeah, consumer Which is goods. why you can never trust ads. Um, I read one, well, not I read, I was taught in my advertising classes that- To never trust ads. No, it was in my advertising ethics class, and it was on the list of least trustworthy people. Like, at, this is what respondents said. Uh, advertisers were in the top three next to used car salesmen and lawyers. Wow. Yeah, uh, obviously that's perception, but... And right now, used car salesmen and lawyers, they are both very sought-after people (laughs) in our current society and current current workings and going-ons of the world. Well, I would say that, I mean, and obviously I work in advertising, so I'm going to defend it. I will say I don't think all advertising is good. I um, do not like pharmaceutical ads. We are the only developed, the only like developed nation that even allows con- or consumer facing pharmaceutical advertising. Everywhere else it's illegal. And so I'm anti that. So just so you know, I'm not pro all advertising, but. So I, what's up with pharmaceutical oh, ads? Joseph. Well, Neil and I just finished watching Dope Sick. On, oh, um, did you watch that? No, no, he's not. no. Is that a movie it's or a documentary? It's a mini series. It's a mini series about the opioid crisis. The opioid, opioid crisis. Is it related to Oxycontin, or is it? It's like live act. Like they acted out. Michael Keaton. Batman. It's a scripted show. Okay, so that's what I was asking. Yeah, it's scripted, but it's following like the district attorneys as they were trying to take down the good the good. pharmaceutical company. But um, yeah, that's all. I mean, you know. I have my own rules on that. But what I was going to say is um, everyone likes to hate on ads. At the end of the day, there are some good ads out there. There are some bad ads out there. But you need, in the world that we live in today, you you need advertisements. There's never going to be an, an environment in which an ads would never be there because even if you don't want to, you still need to know which which orange juice do I get. You know, we still need to announce new products happening. You, you still just imagine a world with no ads, and you just show up at the grocery store, and you're like, "What am I looking for?" You're, I guess you're just like walking up and down the aisles and having to read everything, or like. I I think you guys are bringing up a really good point. There are some some specifics about that. <laughs> Talking about food, I don't agree with because. That is an issue where you're talking about organic versus rainforest certified versus USDA organic versus whoever green wave ultra food or superfoods. So there's a lot to that that I don't that- think we should discuss. Okay. That is all it 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 is intentionally ambiguous 
to the point of making it feel like it is using words to try and sell to people. Yeah, you like mean like the idea of like cage free eggs, or like when they put gluten free on apples. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> that is purely. Yeah, the bad side of advertising. Sure, it, when it's bad, but some things are truly rainforest certified and are truly yes, great. Yes, so, but there yeah. are, but that, to me, I think that is the part where information and. And education is more important than just including those words. Mm, yes. But I was going to say that I agree that advertising is necessary. This podcast being a great example, when Allie pointed out and a few weeks ago we were saying, you know, maybe we're going to stop because we're only getting less than 10 downloads a week. And then I posted it on my social media and Allie was like, oh, all of a sudden, we're up to 20 for the week. That's like a, and what, 200%? Allie, yeah, and then when Allie is going to post it on her social media, we're going to explode. Just, we're going to be the next Joe of, Rogan. That's just a yeah, type, it's of type of advertising. advertising. Exactly. That's word of mouth advertising. Yeah. Like, that is advertising at work. Yeah, it is. Well, it's just like you were talking earlier before we turn on uh, the microphones, um, and maybe you mentioned this when you're going over the hats, but um, like tchotchkes. Um, what is tchotchkes? Like a useless tchotchkes. item. Like a useless item you'd get at like oh, a that's conference. what you call That's those. what you call them, tchotchkes. Or you can call them, what else would you call swag. them? Swag. Swag. Tchotchkes might be the older term, but yeah, swag. Like, I think you asked me, you are like, what's, you know, like, this is, it, it's useless crap that's just going to get thrown away. The exactly. truth of the matter is there's a reason why companies do that is because maybe 90% of it gets thrown away, but if 10% of it gets used, you have people literally walking around with your brand on their bodies. And I want to use Joseph Batir as an example. For those who don't know him very well, Joseph Batir loves, loves a good free pair of sunglasses. Loves those sunglasses. Or a free hat. Or a free hat. You know what's on those Defend hats? Defend your drains. You know my what's favorite. on Defend the sunglasses? Branding. So like... I don't know the brand to have those sunglasses. It doesn't matter if you know them. You're walking around them and other people are going to see them. And that's yeah. just brand recognition. So like and I've been on I've been on kind of projects where we had to brainstorm what those tchotchkes are. And like, you know, some of them I would say are kind of dumb. But, you know, every so often. Shouldn't they go with the brand, though? I personally like when they are more closely tied with what the brand offers. But at the end of the day you want something that people are going to use a lot. So if it's like a, a fridge magnet. Yeah, like a fridge magnet. <laughs> if it's a portable phone charger, like things like that. A fridge magnet never leaves your fridge though. No, but you walk up to your fridge many times a day and you know you're you're not going to notice it every single time. But every so often, you're going to notice some of those magnets on there. So that's a very specific, you're trying to target that consumer. Or Same with like a stress ball. Stress balls, I feel like, were used, used to be super popular. And the idea is yes. like when you're squeezing that little stress ball, it's just, it's. I hesitate, and I'm going to roll my eyes as I say it, so just so the listeners know. I hesitate to use the word subliminal because subliminal advertising does not exist in the term of like we're like secretly tricking you to whatever. But in that no, way. That's, that's on the records that we stopped buying. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, but like that would be kind of like what I would concede as being subliminal. It's the idea of if you're squeezing the stress ball all the time, you just kind of keep seeing this logo or this name, then the concept is that then it's the more you would easily think about it, it would come to your, it would be brand recall quite later. O- quite often in the uh, in the world of media, digital or traditional, 
we quite often think in terms of impressions, like the number of times mm. you're seeing something. You see it one time, it's one impression. Ten times is ten impressions. And um, there's a lot of studies that will occur for different industries saying like, okay, you need to see an ad X number of times, for have the fashion X industry number of or... impressions before you're going to take an action on it. And an action might just be to click on an ad. The or uh, the action could be many things, but the it's, um, but usually the desired action is that you know you're purchasing that product, um, but it's it's the same idea is, you know, at the heart of that is that most of the time the more impressions, the more likely you're gonna do X Y Z action. So you know if you get that magnet on that fridge, the number of impressions you're gonna have of that magnet is going to be thousands versus seeing that company. You might see their ad on TV twice. Well, and hopefully it's matched with, you had a great talk with the guy at the booth at the conference that gave you the magnet, you know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that would be the idea. That was one of my favorite classes in college was consumer behavior and talking about all those type of kind of things of kind of the idea of almost like matching an emotion to like a behavior and how like from a marketing perspective to kind of take advantage sounds bad but take advantage of that a lot of times neil and i will get mail from maybe a nonprofit, and the nonprofit's like look we gave you a free set of um like self-addressed labels mm-hmm. like that is the reason why they do that isn't because they're wanting to waste money on labels the reason why and they the reason why they do that is also not because they want you to have self self-addressed labels the reason why they do that is psychologically um and i think it just depends it can depend on the type of person because i'm like i throw it away but psychologically most of the time if you give somebody something they feel guilty if they don't reciprocate so it's the theory of reciprocity so they're banking on the fact that they're giving you something useful and you're gonna feel bad and so you will give back to them Mm, that's clever and so that's kind of like the free gift with purchase is similar to that and like oh well, then I'll get a free Except gift. That's more of an incentive. That's fair. That's as fair. As opposed to well, maybe similar guilt. in the sense of it's both S- gifts, just different. Same purposes. like yeah, you're the same synapses in your brain are firing. Yeah, because that is like, well, was I going to buy that item originally? Sometimes it's actually free. Well, but Neil, we work in advertising. I have to. No, remind, that's what yeah, I mean. You work in advertising. Neil. Oh no, no, no. The gifts are free. Usually they are free, but the the in, it's not because out of the goodwill we're trying to give I, you a gift. I, I mean, free in the sense of. Like the company that's selling this by giving you this free gift, they are losing money. They are not on making, that part of it. No, on like the like the combination of yeah. like this is the item that you're purchasing, and then this free item by you know adding on that free item, then your total purchase in terms of you're buying this, you can look at it as you know a combination of goods. For $150, that does not cover all the costs. Yeah. So if they, a lot of companies will lose a little bit of money by giving you the free gift, but the hope but is then, that you will buy more. Yeah. Like that on that, you know, initial purchase, but maybe the idea is that a customer is going to have, you know, the average, um, the kind of lifetime consumer value of multiple X that original purchase and they'll but make it up hook over you the in, years. Joe. Interesting. Interesting. It so kind that of makes, is, that is that price to get you to be the price of acquisition yeah 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 so i do want to talk about one more thing this last thing being 
advertising the price versus the competition. Mm. Now, I I don't know too much about this stuff. I've dabbled a little bit in buying and selling things. I've bought some minerals before. What we had was the we had the Keystone price, which was like the absolute bare bones price that you could buy these minerals for. When you're saying minerals, are you saying like rocks? Yeah, I'm talking about rocks. To do like tests on? No, to put up in your mineral and rock collection. Okay. (laughs) And what you would do with these, this was typically 40 or 50% of what the actual price was. So I'm curious, when somebody's advertising their price versus the competition... When things look very similar, I'm seeing that as saying, okay, you've basically just undercut and you're not saying that your product is better. You're just saying you're taking less profit. I would say that that's, that could be the case in my experience. And I will admit that I, and I'm speaking from someone who write, usually would be the one writing that in an ad. And that would be maybe something that our client provided to us as a proof point. And then I would incorporate that in the messaging that I wrote. From my experience, it's not that they're saying, oh, well, we're taking, we're just undercutting. What they're saying, what they're trying to call out is that there is equity between their product and the competitor, and the competitor is fluffing up the price. Like, um, I don't want to say the, the client that I work on that I have a client that actually uses that language. I don't want to say it because, you know, it's my client. but. Yeah. The product that, and I know this because I have talked with the person that creates the product so that I can know how to describe the product. And um, they've like broken the product down, show me exactly the quality, whatever the process that goes into making it. And they said that the competitor has, doesn't actually have as high quality a product as my client does, but the branding of that like maybe that competitor is a more well-known brand, maybe it's a lifestyle brand, maybe it's a fan in a perceived luxury brand, and so therefore people are willing to pay more. And so the versus competitor, if you if that messaging is not accompanied by any other messaging, I would understand why that's confusing. I know when I've written it before, it's like this product is quality, this product is comparable, this product is also X percent less than our competitors. And so the idea is trying to get you to swap brands and not swap quality. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think there's different reasons or people have different reasons why they buy things or like different. That's fair because you might not be the, persuaded yeah. by there, price. Yeah, there's different things that persuade people to, to purchase and – price point can be a big factor for for a group of people so there will be those consumers out there that they don't really think about the quality they don't think about the they brand. just want the cheapest they just like hey i need xyz and i just want the cheapest and if this thing says that hey this is lower than this brand and this looks like it's be the cheapest then i'm going to purchase it and that's that's a strategy that some people take. It's the same as when you see like toilet paper ads on TV where they do a demonstration and they're like our Ooh, our yeah. toilet paper versus the competitors and ours yeah. is more absorbent. It's just using price as that differentiator. Yeah, like yeah. there's it's just one of the many ways you try and you're trying to differentiate yourself from competitors trying to convince and trying to, buy to your product. Yeah, yeah. trying to you know say something that's going to resonate with 
you know, a certain group of consumers because everyone consumes differently. So Mm -hmm. I don't think I've actually ever worked on a brand or a client where that's been like their main focal point of all like, oh, we are always going to be lower, the lowest in price. And, you know, funny enough, I worked on a brand that their goal was to be always the highest in price. And every quarter they did market research from their competitors to make sure that their so price was higher. It. <laughs> yeah, it and was that kind of goes to that point of luxury, perceived luxury yeah. and being, being the most expensive. Often you assume that they would be either the lifestyle or one of the better made or yeah. should be the best made. Well, and this client in particular was a apartment complex. So they were kind of banking on this idea of, oh, I want to live in a really fancy mm, apartment. Clever. I wanted to cover one last thing. Haley and Allie have been looking at coats for the past <laughs> seven hours. It's so true. Why, why does it take so long to buy a coat? Well, here's my problem. My problem is that we're Neil and I are going to New York because Broadway is back, baby. Uh, we're going to we're going to New York in January, and I need like a New York cold coat. I don't have one. I want to invest the New in York one. lifestyle coat. <laughs> well, here's the, so I need the, that's the need is that I need a coat that's warm. The problem is is that I don't want to just keep myself warm. I want to look fly, and I want to look fly that's in association emotion with my personal style, my lifestyle lifestyle. <laughs> So that didn't answer the question at all. Why is it taking seven hours? Why has it taken because so long? Because it is long? currently Turkey Five, and there are so many things on sale. Allie and I are de- first off, we can't decide which coats we like because all of them make you look like very round marshmallows. And secondly, you did find one with the singed waist. I just don't know, like which. I it is hard. I am overwhelmed by the amount of deals because I'm willing to pay more than I want to on a coat if it's a good deal. But when everything's a deal, it is hard for me to determine the superior deal. Allie, what do you think? I just don't want to spend money. <laughs> Here's that the problem. Is, that's tricky. That's tricky. Allie doesn't actually need a coat, but this is the power of consumerism. On Throughout my hunt for a coat. I have nothing else to live for but shopping. <laughs> And then there's a subconscious need for Allie and I to get matching coats because hashtag twins. I'm going to say I, I don't want matching <laughs> coats. That's a really good point. Maybe not matching, but no, but same exact style, different color. One good thing about being twins who live in different cities is that you can match, but you're not actually like having to be together. This because- is what happens. Haley buys something. It fits her. I look at it and I see, you know what? I now see what this item looks like on my legitimate identical human. I'll buy it too. And then we just go back and forth buying what each other has bought until our closets look the same. It's true. That'll make it easier when Neil and I are gone and you guys move in together though. In like... Seventy we'll just years. Have two of everything. No, you'll be able to get rid of half no of your wardrobe. We'll be able to match <laughs> as old women, like the twins we met at that wedding. Allie, we, well, we saw twins at a wedding from afar, and they apparently they're either they never married or their husbands died. And they lived together, and they started a bar together. And I thought we could start a, a bookstore. <laughs> okay, what a is coffee shop? I'm really curious. What's the name of their bar? I don't. I can't remember. We'll have to ask. Griffs. Oh yeah, Griffs. Oh. Oh, I, I thought, thought you were making a funny, and I was like, that's not funny. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like Double Double or no, something. No, I think, I think <laughs> Double Shot, that their last name might be Griff. Or maybe that's oh, the Double name Shot's of- the name of our coffee shop. 
Do you get it? Yeah, I get it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think that I, honestly, here's a real problem. I don't need to buy a coat right now. I am worried that I'm going to miss out on the Black Friday deal if I don't buy it today or tomorrow. There'll be a New Year's deal. There's also Cyber Monday. And Christmas deal. Oh, Cyber Monday. You've just gotten sucked into the scarcity a- fable. Can you all give us the intel? Are the Cyber Monday deals going to be better than the deals today? Historically, Tell online me. brands would have their deals better. But that's because they wouldn't do Black Friday deals. They would only have like Cyber Monday. If you in, in our in our history, Cyber Monday was like literally like that was just cyber stuff. And now everybody does Monday deals. So I don't know, Neil. What happened here? <laughs> what happened to this piece of furniture? Has somebody been chewing on it? Yeah. Your son's the one who's been eating his shirt. No, Maybe it was Huey. Huey. Oh. There was a dog in our studio earlier. Are we today. wrapping this up yet? Yeah, You're the so. one who started asking questions. That was the only, that was my last I question. I literally just got here. <laughs> Honestly, I think if you're shop, no, even if you're shopping in store, oh, oh, no. If you're shopping online at this point, 2021, I think the days all blend together. You can get as good a deal on Thanksgiving say, or Friday as you can on Cyber Monday. I will say, and I'm not saying this because my clients are doing this, but I do know other people do this. The goal is for you to buy early and not they don't want to give nobody wants to give you a deal right they want full price so like if you can if you can get a consumer to buy on buy full fr- on price. friday but then your better deals are on monday but you got them to buy on friday buy so then i would say and this is just me theory i would hold out if i if i could i'd hold out my best deals till the end because i don't want to give them away but if people are going to take 5 days like if 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 ali Batir is going to take five days to buy the dang coat, then fine. I'll reward her for really finally making that, really pulling the trigger on that purchase with a better deal on Monday. That's my opinion. But here we go. It's the end of the show. Where will we go next? Nobody knows. It's but here we go. But here we gone. Who's that? It's John. We thank Kaylee for the rest of the song. <laughs> All right, but here we are going to go. Thanks, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, and good luck out there in the rest of the holiday shopping season. Go deals. Bye-bye. Go deals.